Welcome to the award-winning productivity podcast, The Motivation Mindset. Learn to get stuff done without all the stress in these coffee break-sized episodes that can help you tune up your daily mindset. And now, here's your host, Risa Williams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Risa Williams. I'm a therapist and book author. And today on the show... I'm bringing back guest co-host Trevor Stockwell, and he's going to share some time management tools, including ones from my book, The Ultimate Time Management Toolkit, including the gear shifter, the task intensity meter, and time containers. And we'll also be discussing how to use your calendar more effectively to organize your everyday schedule. Hello, Trevor Stockwell. I'm so happy to welcome you to this special episode of the show called The Time Toolkit, where I invite people to share their favorite time management tools. Hi, uh, it's always good to be on the show. Uh, so it's great to have the opportunity to chat with you. I think it'd be really good to kick off with a very basic tool, which we often overlook the value of, mm-hmm. um, and that's the calendar. Yeah. You know, everyone's got at least one calendar app on their phone or accessible uh, to one of these, I would have thought. But it really is, if we're smart and we think about stuff, um, and I've learned some of this from from the book as well, uh, so it's really helpful and nice to be able to come back and, and talk about it. Mm-hmm. But just like the, the calendar gives you the overview, doesn't it, of the week, the the month, however you look at it. Right. And it's, it's a good reminder that that's all we get time-wise you know hopefully you You cannot make more time it's an actual (laughs) you only have so many hours and I don't know about you but if it's not on my gmail calendar I am not going to remember that it's happening (laughs) like I check my gmail calendar all day long and like at night I look at I'm like okay that's what I have to do the next day and it's a way to not be as anxious as I used to be, where I was holding so much of it in my head. And I was, you know, often forgetting things or appointments or deadlines. I think it's a good way to brain dump all the stuff onto something, right? And like you said, begin to organize it in a way where you can map out your mental energy a little bit more. I always used to just use it for like appointments, um, Mm -hmm. you know, or social things or meetings or whatever. Um, and then I've learned over the, the sort of the last few years, I suppose, specifically. Uh, but I like the way that you talk about time containers and things like that in the time management toolkit, where you put specific tasks in as well, like priority tasks that doesn't necessarily come under business appointments, doesn't necessarily come under, you know, social events, family commitments or something like that. But just, yeah. you know, not not necessarily every task you're going to do. Um but just the regular stuff, whether that's, I don't know, preparing your marketing or posting on social media, scheduling, you know, this, that and the other. Um, there's lots of different things, which I think we know we want to fit them into a week or over a, a specific time period. Yeah. Um, and if we're not careful, we it's easy to just if you've got just your appointments and your, your sort of meetings in your calendar, you, you lower yourself into a full sense of security that oh, I've got plenty of time around that. I know right. I need to do these other bits and I'll, I'll fit them in. And it's like, yeah, but we don't a lot of the time. Uh, <laughs> no, the, we don't. I, I don't. If I don't structure it, um, I know I need a the visual thing, like you say, of looking at the calendar. But then the, the added bonus of the notifications you can set up, reminders, whatever, mm-hmm. however far in advance you feel you need them. Um, and sometimes they're annoying, 
but they're annoying in a useful way because it's like well, <laughs> because it's important so You're right. I have to, you know i have to take note of it or if i ignore it i'm choosing to ignore it and i have to go with the consequence of whatever that might be so it's it's a really good way to help manage us i think mm-hmm. and i think that's the key thing you know you can have access to lots of great tools but if we're not leading ourselves well we're not utilizing the tools as well as they could so we're not being as productive as we'd like to be um or need to be a lot of the time with the time that we have i like how you say that because time really just gets away from us like in our heads we just think i'll be productive 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 but often there are these periods of time where we can't be productive our brain is tired we need to decompress And so it's about getting a lot more intentional about what is it that you want to actually accomplish this week and what is valuable to you, what is important to protect in your time. Because if we don't protect it, like you said, the time just gets away from us and suddenly then we have this layer of why didn't I do more? What's wrong with me? We have to intentionally plan it. We, we understand this with our jobs usually. We usually know I have certain things I have to do. I have a deadline. I have to plan it. But when it comes to stuff we like to do, like hobbies or passion projects or this kind of thing, it's like that understanding goes out the window and we just expect our brain to be able to map it out in an instant and sit down and focus and, oh, here's 30 seconds before you have to do this thing, you know, yeah. do it. And that's not how our brains work. We understand it with work. We need to apply similar systems to other projects we want to accomplish by mapping them out over a longer period of time and breaking it down into little steps and then looking at our calendars and thinking, where does the slot fit, you know? And then there's the extra pieces, you know, where people don't give themselves enough time to accomplish the thing. So let's say you want to write a book in your spare time. It's the idea of, oh, well, I have 10 minutes at lunch. I'll just jot down a chapter. Well, most of us can't do that. (laughs) Like most professional writers can't even just sit down for 10 minutes and write a chapter of a book. It's not going to happen. You need time to warm your brain up. You need time to ruminate. You know, a lot of writers just spend a lot of time thinking about it before they even can write a page. And it's a bit like if we understand, you know, the, the science behind flow, getting into the flow state. Yeah, we help ourselves into those states where we are the most productive and time sort of flies by, but we get through a lot more of the activity that we want to when we're in that sort of zone of creativity. Right. Um, And it's, it really is focusing our attention to be able to focus our attention, isn't it? Mm -hmm. If we sort of earmark, I'm the freshest, you know, whether that's first thing in the morning or, 20 minutes after you had a coffee or however it works for, you know, the way you're wired and how you approach certain things. If you've got a set time where you think, right, because this is the priority of the day or maybe two or three priority tasks, I try and work around threes. I think Mm -hmm. if we can do more than three, brilliant. If you can manage it so that you only need to focus on three specific priorities a day seems to work well. Obviously, sometimes we can't pick and choose just three. Um, but three but it is you. a magic number. It's like easy for yeah. our brain to latch on to the number three. Any more yeah. than that, it gets a little complicated, typically for most people to remember. Absolutely. And then within those three, it's coming back to, like you say, about the task intensity, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Do I just stack all three high energy tasks in the morning and then try and recover sort of like when I finish them later in the day? Or do I actually pace myself so that 
I've done that. Then I can have a break. I can reset, recharge, then approach the next high intensity task at a time where you've, you've spaced out well enough from right. the first one. Um, I'm, I'm, I have to keep kind of catching myself that because there's lots of things I enjoy doing and I want to get done, I will just go from one task to the other and just fill the day without pacing myself as well as I should, if I'm not careful. Yeah. The more that I talk about this, it helps me to sort of keep it in perspective. Because <laughs> yeah. now you've said it and you have to do it. You understand the value of it and you help mm-hmm. sort of your clients or whatever. But then it's it's the how much am I doing it every day right. in a balanced way so that I'm benefiting as well, isn't it? I think. Yeah, it's practicing so, what we preach. Which often, yeah. you know, is easier said than done. Absolutely. I think it, it comes back to the another aspect really of the self-care side of things. Mm-hmm. So like we've mentioned just before we started recording about sort of the hustle culture and, you know, being busy is, is almost like trendy because I'm important because I'm busy kind of approach. And that's A, that's not true. You can yeah. be busy doing lots of ineffective things. But also, <laughs> if if you're getting your value because you feel that you're important because you're busy, that's not a good place to build from. Yeah, um, and we've created an equation that you can't stop being busy now or you will have no identity. If your identity yeah. is being busy, you've made an equation so you can never take a break or relax Yeah, and feel good about it. Yeah, and it just, it, we're not, it, life's got to be like, if you're not enjoying the time that you have, something's wrong isn't it (laughs) what are we doing yeah what is the point of all the work yeah yeah Yeah. so i think it's it's the it's learning to slow down so you can speed up when you want to or when you need to isn't it Mm -hmm. um i like the gear shifter i think that's a really good tool as well where you just actually use different tools to get you from one state of sort of ferocious work if that's required to get a deadline sort of met or something like that but yeah then you don't you don't maintain that you then sort of again it's pacing isn't it? you bring yourself out of that high intensity activity mm-hmm. to something where you can sort of stabilize again all the cortisol and everything else that's inside going around um yeah it's a way start. of regulating your yeah. body and your brain your mental yeah. state and it's almost like are we allowed to sort of look after ourselves like that you know do we give ourselves permission to um and i think if we don't uh-huh. a, we're not going to enjoy the time we have like you said but also we're not as productive um if we can learn to sort of relax really well when we need to we energize ourselves for the bigger stuff that we want to do as well right that's it's so true isn't it yeah I think where people get stuck, like we were saying, is with identity because they see, they know who they are when they are busy and accomplishing things. They don't know what they are when they stop accomplishing things. They don't know what that identity is. So part of the work is, can you allow yourself to relax? And who are you when you're relaxing? Well, you're the same person you are when you're working. It's all the same human, right? And it's letting yourself go in and out of those different modes or phases in your brain and still accepting yourself 
as the same person. You still have worth, even though you're resting. You don't yeah. only have worth just because you're, you know, like factory robot, outputting, 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 work, 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 hustle, hustle. But a lot of people haven't examined that belief. So they think their worth is tied to how much output they produce, how much stuff they can generate. And that's a very damaging thought to have because like we said, it it doesn't allow you to relax. And also, you know, if if your core value is I'm supposed to enjoy parts of life, I'm supposed to relish this life experience, which is limited, right? You know, are you really enjoying it? Are you really relishing this person you are and this life experience you've been given? Or it's it's the approach of, well, if I work sort of 48 hour, uh, 48 weeks a year, you know, I get four weeks of vacation to sort of unwind. It's like, that's not enough time. No, (laughs) that's really not. But in some ways, like the, the, the need to feel busy, we can use it to sort of almost hide behind the reasons of why am I driven to always be active? What am I missing or what am I not confronting? Um, by always having something to do like when we stop that's when we think more isn't it right are we hiding from the opportunity of having time where we think more or are we sort of occupying ourselves so that we don't that's an interesting idea why do we fear being still and quiet and stopping what is it we are filling the time up with to avoid feeling and a lot of the stuff that we avoid and we're sort of frightened to confront is not actually as bad when we do. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, Sometimes yeah. it's just a momentary thing that lasts 20 minutes. And then you're wondering why you spend all that time avoiding it. It's the same thing with procrastination. Sometimes we're avoiding tasks we have to do. And then you actually do the task and you'll think, why did I avoid this for three months? <laughs> it took three minutes. It was ridiculously yeah. easy once I did it. Yeah. And sometimes it's just we're avoiding the uncomfortable feeling. We don't like uncomfortable feelings, but unfortunately, life is comprised of one uncomfortable feeling after another. Yeah. And it's like, are we going to decide that we control our feelings or are we going to be subject to how we feel at any given time, which can be determined by lots of different external factors as well if we let them and it's really coming back to no actually i create my life to a large extent there are other influences but you know if you don't make it happen generally stuff you want to get done is not going to happen no one's going to knock on the door and suddenly help you fulfill your dreams if you're not working towards that right you have to get moving first and then you build up some momentum and then suddenly people see what you're doing but you're already kind of moving yourself down the track and i think people are often waiting for the outside inspiration and the outside praise and the outside motivation to get them moving down the track in my experience, and I know in many people's experience, that doesn't typically happen. You have to start moving yourself first, however uncomfortable it is, in order to get that outside, you know, boost. And by that point, do you even really need it so much? Because you're already moving, in other words. It, it really is that initial momentum, isn't it? Once you yeah. start, it's like with anything, isn't it? Once you start it, you actually think, oh, it's not as bad as I thought. Yeah. 
This is a new thing. I don't like new things because they make me feel uncomfortable. But sometimes just admitting it in a lighthearted way moves you a little bit. It, it gets that part of your brain that wants to resist on board because you're acknowledging it. You're not just shoving it aside saying, well, I shouldn't feel like this. So-and-so doesn't feel like this. Well, of course they do. They're just, we don't get a window into everyone's internal process. Mm -hmm. But if you did, you'd see that everybody struggles with a similar set of things, which is new things are uncomfortable, change is uncomfortable. You know, lots of things in life when you don't know what you're doing are uncomfortable till you pick up the pace and start figuring it out. The other side of it is like, there's a fun part to growing. I think yeah. again, depending how you shape and your perspective and approach certain things. But if we look on it that I get the opportunity to expand who I am, to learn new things, to become a bigger person in a certain area or within a certain competency or skill. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's the effort of the learning and that maybe stumbling and making mistakes in the process. But at the end of the day, it's like if you stay with it, you're going to see the benefits. And then you're going to look back and think, why didn't I do that before? But like the procrastination <laughs> side, isn't it? It's like right. I lived in the benefit of it for the last six months if I'd done it when I first thought of it. Yeah. Now that I sort of put it off and now sort of done it. Now I'm seeing the benefit. And it really is, you know, if we're kind to ourselves, we are um we guide ourselves well. So we'll pull ourselves up when we need to, we'll put the effort in when we need to, mm -hmm. and then we'll also manage it where actually take a break, you know, slow down a bit at the moment. You've been a bit full on. Let's not keep that up and then become unwell or frustrated and stressed and make mistakes that way. Let's let's pace things mm -hmm. um, and sort of come back to the, the start of the conversation. How do you do that? Well, you know you've got a certain amount of time Right. With the best will in the world, you're probably not going to do everything that either you want to do or are required to do on a daily basis. So you need to map it out what's realistic. Yeah. What isn't. And part of that can be saying no to people. It's like, actually, I'd love to do that. Right. I can't touch it this week or next. If it can wait for, you know, week three or whatever, yeah. I'm, in. I'm involved. If it doesn't fit with your schedule, I'm going to have to decline on this occasion because I've got other priorities I need to focus on. Just a simple, we don't like saying no a lot of the time. Um, uh -huh. If you're wired to be more like the people pleaser, you want to serve people and help people. It becomes awkward and uncomfortable if we don't develop the, the, the balanced habit of saying no. So we need to put ourselves higher on our own list of priorities. And like you said, one way to do that is having time boundaries and practicing healthier boundary setting with people. And it isn't a matter of making them unhappy or displeasing people. It's protecting what you want to do with your own time a little yeah. bit more, which can really boost your own self-esteem over time. Yeah. Like if we have clear of the things that we value and we set them as the right priorities, then everything else sort of will fit in or not. But right. either way, you've kept to your values, you've kept to your priorities. It's a way of making yourself a little bit more important in your own schedule each week by understanding what you value, being very kind to yourself, and accepting that we only have so much time and mental energy each week. Thank you so much, Trevor, for your insight. 
I hope everyone will check out Trevor's book. Where can they find it? Uh, it's going to be on Amazon.com. Okay. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's been fun. Thanks for having me. To learn more about tools discussed on this episode, please pick up a copy of my book, The Ultimate Time Management Toolkit, which you can find at risawilliams.com on Amazon or in Barnes & Noble. Also check out Trevor's new book, Eight Qualities for Great Leadership, which you can find on Amazon. I'm Risa Williams, and we're out of time. Thanks for listening.